Valentine's Day. Yeah, oh, y'all's Valentine's Day. It is. Because we've all been married a while. Uh, 13 years. So here's my Valentine's Day. My wife's birthday, Lindsay, is on the 12th. Our anniversary is the 13th. And Valentine's Day is the 14th. It's emotionally exhausting. I could only say I love you so many different ways, right? And you're the most important person to me in my life, et cetera, right? So it's, it was that. It was good, though. But you it get good. it done all at once, and then you don't have to worry about it all year. Or do you? Like, you can't forget it. it. Like, you can't, like, work out one time and go, like, I'm good. Like That's what I do. You could do that. You could. <laughs> but then, like, is that healthy? Is that the best? How much else? It's still it's a made-up holiday, right? It's made up. Mm-hmm. Candy sales go through the roof. Yeah, that's all I know. Roses, flowers. flowers. Um, yeah, I, anything very, wellness related. Very romantic. I asked uh, my husband if he would take my car for an oil change and wash it and clean it out. That was what I wanted for Valentine's Day. That's what he did because I hate Perfect. doing that. Acts of service, love yeah. language. I yeah, like that. So that's, that's what he did. And then the kids. I bought the kids a cookie cake and some candy, sugar. Yeah. So don't send me to the store to buy anything because I'm like my mother. I'm like, oh, I need to get them candy. And I start with like, well, this one has this favorite, this favorite, this favorite. So I start with that. Then I'm like, okay, well, let me get one of these times three. Oh, now I got that. I should probably get this $120 later, which is wait. Oh, and gosh. they don't even eat the candy half the time. Like it, it just sits in the candy cabinet. We have a candy cabinet in the kitchen. Yeah. Just stays up there. People come over. We're like, do you need any candy? You want to take anything to go? They're like, um, sure. Like, here you go. They're like, what is wrong with y'all? What's happening here? I was not prepared for the amount of candy you accumulate when you have children. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They really don't it's, eat it. I mean, they'll go through their favorites Halloween. and they forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every Halloween. school holiday, prizes yeah. for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of candy in the house. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have. It's good for you. Favorite candy. <laughs> Let's it? go around here. Is your it? favorite candy. Julie, your favorite candy. What would it be? What is it? Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Oh, no. uh, like chocolate almonds, almonds and chocolate cold has to be in the fridge. Mm, interesting. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Now it's interesting. Cold. But I'm not, I'm not eating that right now. I'm being healthy. So. Okay. Well, That's almonds sound kind of, this, you're, this lean quite healthy, like what you're doing. <laughs> Does right? it? Is it dark chocolate almonds with salt oh, that on would it? Be, that would be perfect. Dark okay. chocolate almonds See. cold. That does sound, I mean, that does sound good, but yeah, that, is that even candy at that point when it's dark chocolate? I like dark chocolate. That but sounds it healthy to me. Know. You get a little bit sounds of protein, protein dark protein, chocolate's healthy good for fats, your heart. Like yeah, antioxidants. Perfect. It's great. What are y'all? Beth, Beth, what about you? Um, mine's very specific. It is peanut butter meltaways from a chocolatier located in Baltimore called Rebs. Oh, yeah. You're sending That's me some fancy. of those, I think. I think you're sending me some. Oh yeah, I'm some. supposed to send you some. Mm-hmm. I bet. I'm added to your calendar, I think. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Can I, pop it on my counter, please, Andrew. Peanut butter meltaways. They are so they good. Like good. I told Andrew this story already. Basically, my dad just visited us from Maryland, and he surprised my husband and I with each. It's either a half a pound or a pound. I'm going to tell myself it was a half a pound. Yes, yeah, but we each got his and her boxes, which were then promptly labeled "Dad and Mom," mm-hmm. so that we don't fight over the peanut butter meltaways. And it's to the point where I can't eat regular chocolate, like Hershey's chocolate. Disgusting. Can't do it. Mm. I grew up on Rebs. It's amazing. So if you're from Baltimore and you know what Rebs is, shout out. You're my people. I would say mine, uh, my favorite candy, if I were to pick like one, which is really hard. So I'll go candy than chocolate because they're separate, right? Candy being more yeah, sugary based. You know, chocolate. If I had to pick one. Now, mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do is combine candy and eat it at the same time. I'm okay. doing like baby sign language right now, more, more, more. <laughs> um, that was not on purpose, but I guess it does fit. But my favorite one, if you're just go to the store and buy it for me, if you're going to the builder show and you listen to us, um, the Haribo Sour Streamers. They usually have oh. Target always has them or Haribo Sour Streamers, the best. Haribo. The Haribo. They make gummy bears, right? And so this is like Haribo. the sour. Haribo. I like Haribo. <laughs> my neighbor's Turkish um, and he calls it Haribo. So that's what I, I mean. That has some I don't flavor. Know if it's right or not, I like but it. I like that Haribo, and then uh, Reese's would be the chocolate oh, yeah. side. You yeah. can't like, go wrong with Reese's. The holiday ones, not like the normal ones, has to be like the trees or the pumpkins or like the hearts. Like it has to be one of those. Is There's it because more that's very layer of chocolate? Mm-hmm. It's more peanut butter. Yeah, and I, I assume they're fresher. 
Like they're, they're made more recent, I assume. I don't know if that's true or not, but. And that with coffee. So now we're going deeper. Reese's while drinking coffee. Okay. Two thumbs up. Like it tastes different. The coffee will taste different in your mouth, I swear. Try it yourself. I'm not crazy. Or peanut butter and chocolate. There we go. Should we just keep talking about candy? Who's seen the new Wonka movie, by the way? No one has seen no. it. No. Okay. The new what? The new Willy Wonka movie. Um, no. Okay, watch it. So Beth, you got you have little people. Julie, you got little people. Yeah. I have little people. We have little we all have little roommates here. Those are our kids. Get it. I think it's on it's on only on Disney Plus or it's just Prime. Get it tonight or tomorrow night. Our kids love it, but it's a lot of songs. It's kind of like musical. It used to be a, a musical, like this version of it. But it's good. It's good. Okay. Watch it. Get Noted. candy and chocolate to eat at the same time. Then you could participate in real life with the movie. That would be fun. Do it. There you go. Well, There's chocolate your weekend themed plans. evening. Chocolate themed <laughs> evening. Super healthy. <laughs> That's how home shopping should be. Ship out some candy, browse our website. Maybe not. Well, let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 326. I am the self-proclaimed ad doctor, Andrew Peek. And with me today is Beth Russell and Julie Jarnigan. Hello. 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 We're here. After you heard all You're of our here. candy. So let's <laughs> see. This one comes out next week. So yeah, you'll, you're hearing this right before the Builder Show, I think. <gasps> I don't know. Olivia's mm -hmm. in charge. She tells us what to do. So hopefully it's right before the Builder Show. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think all so. of us on are going too. Yeah. So yeah. Julie, do you have a room That'd to stay in? Or you I have a room win. to stay in? Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Yes. Good. I was a little worried. Okay. Yeah. Good. And Julie's talking. And Julie's talking. Mm -hmm. More importantly, Julie's speaking. I'll be in Custom Central though. So if you're in Sales and Marketing Room, okay, you have to come over to the Custom Room to see me speak with mm -hmm. uh, Aaron from Ideal and Rachel from Keystone. Ooh, That's a good group. That's yeah. a fun little party. Yeah. That's a Aaron's lot of fun. smart ladies. Well, that's why I got them. That's why I see that's that's makes my job easier. It you does. just yeah. rope in a couple of really smart people and then, you know. And both of them smile the and they could just like light up mm -hmm. the room. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. like, I say that like, oh, of course everyone smiles. But no, like those two particularly. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like Aaron laughs like uncontrollably loud. Is that true? I, maybe I'm making this up. Yeah, she was my group. next door neighbor for a while when I lived in Oklahoma. Oh, so. bless your soul. No <laughs> way. Okay. That's awesome. How'd that go? Yeah. Oh great. my. It's great. It's great. It's great. Sounds like fun. Custom. Um, so Vegas compared to Orlando, so much better. It's such an easier setup. Yeah. You could find everyone so quickly. So I'd imagine here's Sales Central. You're like a hallway over, I'd imagine. I haven't looked to see like what how the map is, but it's probably like right there. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Good. Who else is speaking? Uh, Jen. Who's Jen is speaking, speaking about mm -hmm. realtors, realtor yes. relations. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I think on Thursday. So if you're there on Thursday. Make sure you should speak. That's so hard. Everyone tries or to fly Wednesday. out Thursday. Or thir Thursday. I'm losing track of my days. Thursday. They're, they're, they all run together. We got the Nationals Tuesday yeah. night. That's me a late night for us East Coast people. Like, yeah. If I'm asleep at the table, there's no disrespect, but it might Just be three in the zero morning. Judgment. My time. <laughs> zero judgment. Zero judgment. Then Wednesday. Yeah, that's it's it will be a busy week. That is for sure. Well, let's get into some story time. Who wants to go first? How about Beth? I'll pick on you. Beth is up no, first. I love being picked on. It makes me happy. It brings me back to my childhood. Um, <laughs> okay. This is, uh -oh. this is dramatic. I'm just kidding. I grew up with three brothers. I love you guys. You um, yeah, for me, it's just like, you know, we always go through these times where all of our conversations are kind of rolling into one with our builder partners where the same theme is kind of popping up left and right. And for me recently, and I think even we've talked about it, Julie, with Jackie, that it's been kind of a common theme of just like communication, internal communication with your, whether it be like your higher ups or your team or things like that. Um, and particularly around reporting itself, like the, the struggle to get back into the groove of reporting. And I don't know if it's just because everyone knows there's more activity happening and there, it feels more alive than it did 
in the previous quarter or everyone's like wrapping up still from last year and, and planning for this year, which I feel like has rolled over a little bit longer than normal. Um, but there's just been a lot of conversations about this. And the thing I keep reminding my marketers that I, that I want everyone else to remind themselves is you have to keep in mind who your audience is and we need to stop just delivering numbers and, and just relying on numbers being spoken out loud in a room. And we actually have to dive into what those numbers actually mean and the why, like show that, you know, why those numbers are what they are like 57% contribution. Cool. What does that mean? Why is it that number? Why wasn't it what that number the month before? Like start, I know we said this months ago, but peeling back the layers of that onion, I'm going to bring it back. We just really need to like tell that story better and showcase ourselves and our knowledge and our the impact that our department has on the company and the success of the company by showing like, we know what the heck we're talking about and what we're doing and, and how it relates to the bottom line. So really just think that, think about that. Um, it's come up a lot lately. And building the confidence to talk about it. I think a lot of people, then I talk through it with a builder and I'm like, you know, this stuff, like they'll come on, they're asking me this and I don't know how to answer it. And we go through it and they're like, yeah, I know all that, but they're just, mm -hmm. they don't have the confidence and just practice of communicating that. So I think just build that confident, whether you have to go set up some meetings with different departments to talk through it, to get some practice, whatever it is, um, the more you do it, the more you'll get comfortable with it. Yeah. Build it into your system, like into what you deliver every single month. Um, I'm going to give you some numbers. And I'm going to give you some quick bullet points as to why these numbers are those numbers. It doesn't have to be like, when we say story, we're not talking about a gigantic narration of like what is going on and every single layer. It just, it's giving them a little bit more than just a number. Agreed. Yeah. Context. Agreed. Um, as far as building that confidence, one thing that Kevin who's in Guatemala right now has um, really taught me is if you cannot articulate it, writing it down. Mm -hmm. then you vary the likelihood of you communicating it accurately with your mouth, with your words, it's probably not going to be there. So to me, building confidence by writing, not writing like word for word as if you're like rehearsing, but like the spend is up because of this. Here's what we did. And then you're, you'll actually have to think about, well, like I'm using that word intentionally. I'm writing these things that should, mm -hmm. to me, at least that builds the confidence. And then you got to get your reps in. Like there's no way to yeah. do it. If you do it like once a month, that's 12 times a year. Like who's yeah. good at anything if you do it only 12 times. And we've all it's been doing enough. this for well over 10 years individually. And we still do that. We still put in mm -hmm. to practice writing something out. Like before we do a presentation, whether it's at IBS or at the summit, we start our, like we jot down our ideas. We write out what it is we're going to talk about. We create an outline and we work through it and we practice it. So you need to do the same thing in your everyday deliverables. Can you give some tough love, Beth? What do you, you mean? Know, I, I mean, I, I want to pull it. I want you to be mean, not mean. Gassy? I want you to, I think I want you to say it because I'm being, I'm being me. Yeah. Do you feel some people, mm -hmm. and this is not speaking to anyone individually. This is just, this is really Andrew's thoughts, but I want Beth to say it because I'm being Andrew. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Do you think there could be a lack of confidence because there truly is a lack of knowledge? Oh, absolutely. Not because like, oh, I'm just so nervous talking to that person. Like if it wasn't that person, I'd be like, I'd be completely fine. It's like, no, like you just don't really know your stuff enough to talk about it. Ugh. Yeah. But the quicker you face that reality or the truth mm -hmm. in that, I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm saying that could be some people. That's me at sometimes too. Like, hey, mm -hmm. go talk about SEO with people. I don't know SEO. Like I know general generalities around it, but like for me to talk SEO, that's not, that's not me. So if that is not you, like you need to up your knowledge somehow. Um, yeah. Or you're just like, maybe there's a gap in the company at that yeah. level, you know, and that's okay too. Like if you're yeah. not that person that can wrap your mind around these really high level strategic con um, concepts and be able to communicate appropriately around them and educate other people. Well, you should be working towards that if you want to grow your career, A. But if yeah. it's also not your strength and that really is a huge gap that's within your organization, then maybe that gap needs to get filled. Very true. Fun times. Honesty. Such a lonely word. Julie, SWOT. Yeah, SWOT analysis. Did y'all have to do SWOT analysis at any of your other jobs? Have y'all done a SWOT analysis before? Um, 
here kind of on myself like what's my yeah. weak, but more like what's my, what am i weak at because i'm yeah i'll look at it that way first Break yeah. it down for us, Julie. What is what is the SWOT so, yeah. analysis? So for people who aren't familiar with it, it's kind of a management system that you look at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And when I was at Ideal Homes, we used to all fill this out, everybody in the company, I think, um, every single year. Then it would go back to management team and everybody would look at all the responses and put it together. But I think it's helpful to do break it down on a smaller schedule. You can do it for your own career and life, or you can do it. Um, this example I'd given on Instagram was just for your content marketing. So strengths, what do you already do well? What do you already have a good consistent routine for? Um, weaknesses, where do you need to improve? Um, are your resources adequate? You know, do you need more camera or um, software or whatever it is? Uh, opportunities, what are your goals? Um, and then threats, what are things um, outside of your control that could happen? So something, threats was always the hardest for me to think of when I was doing these. But I think of threats as something like, what if Facebook banned us forever and not, never let us back on? Like, what would be our plan B? You know, something like that. Like, we can't mm -hmm. expect everything to stay the same. Sometimes there are outside forces. So I think it's a fun um, activity to do yourself and look at the answers, but also give it to your department or your supervisor, or a few other people you trust in the company who are familiar with your strategy. I wouldn't send it out to the whole company and want them to comment on how we're doing on our video um, on social or email marketing because they don't know the whole picture. But somebody who is enough invested in what you do in your bigger strategy to fill this out and then sit down and it's going to help you make a plan for 2024. So Definitely. strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So four areas. I was just pulling up on my phone your your beautiful graphic you made for that. Uh, that's on Instagram from your building building certainty. It's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Who who made that? I love the idea of applying certainty. it to a specific core responsibility or like a specific deliverable and kind of analyzing each of those categories individually versus just the holistic approach. I feel like all of us in some capacity have done this where we've applied it to just our role in general. Like how am I professionally performing? But when you apply it to like, okay, this is one of my specific responsibilities that I am held accountable for delivering. How am I performing? Mm -hmm. What are my opportunities, et cetera, so that I can get better here, 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 and here. Like reporting. <laughs> reporting would be a good one. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and reporting. I like that one too. So do the content one, then do a reporting SWOT analysis. Yeah, that's fun. Let's go. I want to do that on, sorry, team. You're going to do a SWOT analysis on yourself. <laughs> Blame Julie. The builder sorry. Show. Julie's fault. Sorry, guys. Julie's fault. Oh, let's see. Mine is, um, yeah, this kind of brand experience. I was, I was branded. Yeah, I was influenced by the brand and then disappointed by the same brand. So there's Ooh, this company. I put the tea. In, yeah, spill the tea. I put lights up in my office. I, I like to buy like I don't mind spending money if it's like, oh, it's a hundred bucks, 50 bucks. I'm just like, all right, let's try it out. So I have this light behind me in the corner, whatever direction mm -hmm. over there. Cool. I work early in the morning. Sometimes I don't like overhead lights. This is like, like what's wrong with this guy? Um, like they're stressing me out. Like, Ooh, just like, don't like it. I have a window right here. So I'm big on the lighting in my office. It needs to be nice and peaceful and calm. So I've been slowly upgrading the lights in my office to make it fit that vibe. So there's this one brand, Govi. I think it's Govi. Yeah, Govi. They're kind of like the leader in LED lighting of better things. Now there's all, you go on Amazon, type in like LED light strip. There's like a hundred different brands. They're all imported from China. Some dude flew them over, thousands of them, ships them to Amazon, fulfilled by Amazon, ships them out. There's no quality control, no anything. So Govi, it just works. They're a little bit more expensive, not that much more. It's like 60 bucks versus 30. So you're still not spending that much money in regards to like the scheme of things. You plug it in, it works, connect to your phone. It just functions. I'm like, oh, this is like the best seamless product I've used for this type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, then this weekend, I'm adding lights around the house, have to climb the attic because I was marketed by their brand. I had this great brand experience with that. I'm like, cool, let me try out. There's this, um, I don't know if you've seen them, they're like galaxy light projectors. Have you seen those? <gasps> We have one for each mm -hmm. child and we're obsessed. Okay. Well, I have one. I'm an adult child. So there's one in my room. <laughs> Let's see a nice room. We're, 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 my children. nine year old has one. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. They're so awesome. They, get one for your room. You have the TV on at night. 
it could be pitch black and put this on. You're like, oh, this is like, again, chill vibes, relax. When you need to relax, relax. So I'm like, I'm going to get theirs. It was more money. So I assumed it was like 130 bucks. On Amazon, they're like $20. Like yeah. stock. It's kind of like a stocking stuffer type thing or something for your kids, whatever. So I'm like, I'm going to try this one out. Like all their lights were amazing. This is a hundred something bucks. It better be freaking amazing. Well, guess what? Pile of garbage. Like awful. Like this thing was awful. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I have to be doing something wrong. Spend 20, 30 minutes like trying to troubleshoot. I'm like, I'm doing something wrong, doing something wrong. No, I go online. I didn't even bother to look at the reviews because I assumed based on the brand, I bought it directly from their website when I was buying mm. other lights. Um, like, oh, it'd be a great product. Oh my gosh awful mm-hmm. like just like completely disappointed and you go online and same experience like this is great i have over 40 lights in my house from them this is a pos beep 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 all this stuff i'm like what in the world how are they getting this wrong so now i'm going through the return process mm-hmm. it's just an email you send hey i need to return my item here's the order number well that's sketchy like that's not good so mm-hmm. now i'm like oh now i'm on this end the other products are still great like amazing but this thing's awful the return process is, uh, we'll see. They haven't got back to me yet. It's Thursday. I started on Tuesday afternoon. So we'll see. So not looking promising. It's like the power of brand. And then it could quickly yeah. go away because of process they have in place. So I blame process on, they don't have a legit process for their term policy. Mm-hmm. Carrying that over to builder world warranty. So mm-hmm. they could be great referrals, great referrals. They buy the home, something disappointing happened. Now warranty is bad and there's a thing disappointing with the home, but they're still like giving you a shot, which is me. I'm still giving Govi, which is the brand, a shot. But I'm like, oh, I'm slowly like, maybe it's not so great. Maybe it's not. Maybe they just like happen to have something better they're importing from China. It's actually not their product. I don't yeah. know. But it the seems very, very relatable. Yeah, the, the cracks are forming. So the whole experience. So SWOT analysis, strength. These products are great. Opportunity. They need to, their opportunity is fixing the return policy and probably looking at the return metrics, this light, look online, just Galaxy Pro, whatever, whatever it's called. Everyone says, it says it's garbage. Like don't sell it. Like if, if the return rate on that is an outlier compared to yeah. other, other products, like let's just get rid of it. It's ruining it or fix it, replace it, whatever it may be. And I'd imagine yeah. every builder, if they're tracking metrics on say war- different warranty things like, hmm, we have a lot of, with this sub contract or whatever i'm sure they have this we have tons of warranty work when they do the painting or tram or whatever well let's shift them out shift them back in of course that's over a long time frame because it's not just instant like e-commerce would be but it's interesting seeing that like in real life play out like i got marketed to disappointment we'll see if they can fix it well you want to go on to some news got some great news today yeah the first one up from Zillow, hot off the press. Home shopping early, wait a sec here, let's rewind. Home shopping early May. No, home Is this shopping written early. really weird? Is this like <laughs> really not, not home, home shopping May. early, comma, may pay off as price cuts abound. Should there be a comma there? <laughs> no, but okay, I can't still, read. I can see where it needs a pause. <laughs> I can't read everybody. Home shopping early may pay off as price cuts abound. Written really strange. Who wrote yeah. this? I agree with that. Fix it. So what are they saying, Beth or Julie? Yeah, if a home is well priced, then it's selling quickly. And if it's not well priced, it's not selling quickly. That is genius. <laughs> that is genius. So they're they're, like, they're seeing what a thunk really? it. Who'd have yeah, thunk it? Exactly. I like so go ahead. They actually said if it's uh, the price is right. And it has digital curb appeal, which I like that digital curb appeal. Also, if you're doing a good job showing what you have available on your or on Zillow. They're talking about Zillow for this, but that also yeah. plays into content. I love that phrase, digital curb appeal. Digital curb appeal. I know. That is. That's easy for those who don't like get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Reference from the movie Big. I don't get it. Like yeah. that's easy. Like your site doesn't have that digital curb appeal. It doesn't really mean anything, but it does mean something, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's no curb appeal for here. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, I get it. Yeah, that's easy. Big, big yeah. words. It's what interesting thought, okay. how this one relates to the next one. So I'm I'm it excited does. to dive into the next one because it makes me think of some houses that were sitting in my neighborhood. I think 
my takeaways from this. Okay, so it says just over one in five houses on Zillow saw a price cut in January. Okay, cool. That's equal to about last year. Okay, that's not, so there's what, the, there's no news there. But what I see is they reference different markets and which ones mm -hmm. are cutting prices, which ones not cutting prices. And it's just like we talk about, like um, during pandemic, it's like whatever happened in Austin or certain cities in, da in Dallas or Texas, like they're at the bleeding edge of change. And then mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time, two, three, four, five, six months later that the other markets would see the price cuts. So right now they're talking about Florida and Texas are seeing the most price cuts. I think we're just last to see them compared to West Coast cities, like maybe a year and a half, two years ago. So it's like just this wave is happening. It's like we're at a baseball game. It's like we're at the Super Bowl. Someone starts the wave. I don't know if that happened. I can't afford to go to the Super Bowl, nor would I spend the money to go to the Super Bowl. That's, that's probably it more. Like it starts over there. It's just a matter of like, now it's our state's turn to have some price cuts on here. Um, prices tying, are still up. They're tying that back to the inventory is rising. So yeah. first of the year, always there's an increase in inventory that'll continue to increase in the spring market. And it's just supply and demand because there's more supply on the market. It's forcing some of those homes that were overpriced to be cut down so they can get sold. So um, it all ties that in together. It's all connected. It's like a big machine, isn't it? And that's well, why a lot of those hot markets are getting hit first because they mm -hmm. were really low supply, driving up those you know prices really high. But now that there's more inventory on the market, those prices can't stay quite that high up. Sure, there's more to it than that, but simplified version. <laughs> I think, you know, I think simple is better. It's it, it's more easily understood. Um, so let's complicate it some more and go on to this. I think it's a great article from Business Insider, and it's not written strange, unlike the one from Zillow with the title, The Myth of the Housing Bubble. It's time to face facts. Sky home, sky high home prices are here to stay. I like Ooh. this one a lot. And I, the reason why I was tying the other one into this one is because it talks about how the expectation when you say a bubble is that there's going to be a pop and people have just kind of waited and waited and waited and waited for it to occur. And it, it hasn't really occurred, but there's been, like you were talking about this small ripple effect that's been kind of going on. And it made me think about our street in our neighborhood, because this particular neighborhood, um, and where we live outside of Augusta, Georgia skyrocketed in price, like homes were selling for like the three hundreds. And then it shot up all the way to like the seven hundreds in the, on the same streets and similar size homes, et cetera. And there was these two homes that were right around the corner from us and they went on the market. Their prices weren't outlandish, but they were certainly much higher than what the original purchasers got them for. And they just sat there. And these homes are, are wonderful homes. They have a couple of nuances, like their backyard is a little slopey that probably kept them on the market in comparison to some of our neighbor's homes. But they sat there and I just kept watching the price go down and down and down. And so internally I'm freaking out because I'm like, well, there's our, our home value that stinks. But then when you look at it, pull like full picture, when they actually, when they finally sold and they went pending, they were still $200,000 more than what they purchased them for originally. And it kind of talked about that, like even in the market, as it adjusts itself, it corrects itself a little bit and prices are starting to go down slightly in some markets the equity that people have in their homes right now, because prices are still maintaining higher than average is still incredibly strong. And I think that, so you have to like, remember that when all this chaos is happening. And I, I think people are starting to catch on, like the buyers are starting to catch on. Not only are they getting used to the incentives that the builders are putting out there and it's sort of become an expectation but they're getting more comfortable sitting and watching to see if the home that they like will drop $10,000 if they just wait 15 more days. True. Yeah. Yeah. I liked this article um, because it really, if you need a good explanation of how, what a bubble is and how, what we're going through is different than that and how it's different from what happened in 2008, 2008, we had all the, lenders doing sketchy, weird things, getting people yeah. mortgages. So what they're saying is, is that prices rising even quickly is not necessarily a bubble on its own. That's not necessarily a bad thing. If it's just fundamentally 
a supply and demand issue, then that's fine. That's not a bubble. What happens is that there's some outside force or something weird going on that's artificially inflating those prices, then that's eventually going to pop, which is what happened in 2008. So I thought he did a really good job. If you or on anybody in your team, if they keep bringing up this concept of a bubble, um, this is a good article. It's long. It's going to take you a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to mm -hmm. buckle down to read it. But it's a great um, overall explanation of how this is different than what has happened in the past. Yeah, what I yeah, I appreciate the same thing there too. I think one thing that really stuck out as far as like, well, why did prices rise so quickly during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Um, like at the at the start of it. And I'm trying to find his exact quote, but I they'll take me totally fine. Essentially it was there was an overabundance of credit worthy buyers. So take that. A lot of people had equity in their homes, everyone had better than average credit for the time being. And then combine that with extremely low interest rates, it created this environment for like mass purchasing of homes, supply, demand, tons of demand, supply, supply. And so then as it rose, prices, you know, demand rose, prices go up. It's like just how it works. That's normal, normal behavior. What he doesn't get into, which I think we need to like really consider is remember all these things that we did during the pandemic, like the whole world did. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you actually talked to your neighbors. You did this. Like all of a sudden, every restaurant was like, we got family meals to go. We're here. Be safe. Put stuff on. Like, right. Looking back, you're like, oh my gosh, kind of roll your eyes at it, right? Like, but every restaurant was doing it. And then that we had the restaurants to had to go pick up or whatever it's called, like car curbside pickup. Text your number of the parking spot you're in. Four, three, two, one. Right. So a lot of human behavior was happening where we're just mimicking each other which I think is super common, like for anything, but this just happened to be home purchases and everyone was able to purchase, not everyone, but buying a home was easily done because of credit and then interest rates were super low. So it created this crazy environment for all this demand to go up. But what I get from this article is like, well, are prices ever going to not pop like a bubble, but will they even go back down? Like, is there even a go back? There's like to even say that no prices will not go back down. Some markets will cool off, or like mm -hmm. maybe things are priced at a premium, but I personally think we're not in that in that phase anymore of that kind of premium pricing, which I think could have been um, 2022 into 2023 before yeah. interest rates really cooled off. Like we're like people were bidding. Like I remember talking with some, a a builder, um, a guy who's had a builder. He's like, "Hey, Andrew, we like sold this home. People bid on it just like an existing home." Mm -hmm. which isn't normal for a home builder. Like, Hey, the price is 500. The price is 500. They let people bid on new homes. So if you remember that, that whole, that whole phase, things were going like 50, hundred, 150 K over the asking price, the original asking price. So yeah. their margins were absurd. And this builder was like, I kind of feel bad about this. I'm like, you, you didn't pick the price. You actually set the price lower. Like, should you feel bad? No, but like, so those were like the premium price. Maybe those sales shouldn't have happened as far as the, that price is not a fair price. But will things go back down? I just don't see how they how they could. Mm -hmm. The fundamentals aren't there for them to go down unless there's some like catastrophic like economic event. Yeah. And outside it probably force. Would be economic. It'd be an outside force, like probably not even economic related. It'd be some other type of awful disaster type situation, right? Yeah. Um, that would cause some type of turbulence in it. And that'd be like we don't even want to talk about like the effects of that, like job loss, all those sorts of things. But would that even go to pre pandemic levels? No, we have, we own three homes in three se very separate, different markets. One in Texas, mm -hmm. one in Maryland, one in Georgia. Those two of them went through the process of, you know, their prices going up or their value going up during this bubble. If you want to say it, it's a bubble. It's not a bubble. We just, we just confirmed that. So forgive me for saying that, but their equity went up, right? Like their value went up. It has not gone down no. all different markets. The two that we've owned the longest, the one in Texas, the one in Maryland, they went up like substantially. Good. There's no movement. They're staying, if, they're staying there. They're staying there. Yeah. <laughs> if it was yeah. going to happen, it probably would have already happened when the interest rates shot up. So when the interest rates shot up, if there wasn't the supply and demand issue, prices would have fallen, but there was more people wanting to buy homes with decent credit than there were homes available. So we would have seen it already, but that's still playing into it. 
So like you said, it would really take a hard economic hit, um, I think, to see a see big movement. So I think it's just kind of balancing. Yeah, there's little ups and downs, but nothing. We're not going back to the old days. No. Or there's they talk about there's like Airbnb bubble. Yeah, I think there might be like they reference like these trends as far as like over individuals myself, not this is not myself, but an individual like myself over debting myself to have my Airbnb debt fueled empire, which is no yeah. different than like an institution doing it. But it's because an individual there's more criticism on it. So is there potentially an Airbnb bubble? I think it's possible. If you look at Airbnb versus hotels, the value proposition isn't as strong for certain Airbnbs. And other ones, like we're renting one over spring break. It's on the river, Rainbow River. If you're down here in Florida, you know what I'm talking about. Spring-fed river, perfect place. There's no hotels on that. So that is, a, to me, a perfect Airbnb investment. If you're mm -hmm. in Orlando, there's thousands of Airbnbs that are literally right next to a hotel. And you're like, wait, the cleaning fee is 200 a night? Um, I could just go to like the Ritz Carlton for a hundred dollars more. And it's like an amazing experience versus like this one. I have to like take the, take the sheets off the bed, put it by the wash machine. And there's like a 30 step checklist to leave the house. So maybe Airbnb, there could be something there, but the house is, yeah, I agree. I don't see, I don't see it now onto the third article. And does this influence this lack of a bubble? Let's put our conspiracy theories hats on. Mm. We don't have to, but we could pretend Investors bought 26% of the country's most affordable homes in the fourth quarter, the highest share on record. Let me add to that. So that's the headline. Investors mm -hmm. bought 26% of the country's most affordable homes in the fourth quarter, the highest, this is the important part, share, the highest share on record. But if you scroll down and read all of the article, uh, where did it go? Da -da 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 -da. Oh it, it dropped 11% yes, from a year earlier. Is that what you're looking for? Yes, yeah. year over year, it's down 11%. So their percentage increased to what was it, 26, but overall it did decrease. Yeah. Is this holding prices up? This Because oh. this reduces supply for mm -hmm. normal residential buyers. Mm -hmm. Does that reduction in supply, does their investor um, purchasing have that big of an influence to reduce supply enough to keep prices more inflated if we well, think, I think that's inflated. What's this is just rhetorical just... questions not my not my belief just kind of devil's advocate questions i have no idea but i think it's a question to ask we see a lot of um big builders moving towards that really small affordable product there's a particular oh, one yeah. that we were just talking about as a group located in like the san antonio area and the home prices are able to be around 145,000 cool. and they're essentially like a neighborhood of tiny homes. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a market for that, but the, the goal of that product, um, from talking to the companies that are implementing product like they, that, like this is to maintain momentum and provide something that is affordable for the people that are, can't afford the higher priced homes as a result of this market. And what's interesting, my first question was when I saw that, I was like, oh, I wonder if they have an investor cap in place. And typically a lot of developers will implement an investor cap in their neighborhood. We dealt with this a lot in Texas because property was just being bought up like crazy because yeah. land and homes are so affordable in Texas compared to a lot of other places. And they knew a lot of people were migrating there. So it was just like a hotbed for investors. And so we had to have investor caps in all of our communities. And I was just curious. I was like, I wonder what their investor cap looks like here. Because if we create a product for the masses, for the people that is intended to be more affordable and thus more attainable for people to start their home ownership journey, we can't then have that product just swooped in and, and collected by investors who are just going to flip it, sell it higher, or rent it for an insane amount of money each and every month. Agreed. Which I think is worth... Um... Like, can that be, should there be regulation on that? I, I don't know. Uh, that'd be interesting because to me, there is a big, um, you, I don't say you, the, the, the biggest wealth builder is a home. Some people mm -hmm. are like, no, it's a liability because there's debt, whatever. Like if you look at it, a normal person, they have their home, they're paying their mortgage over the course of their lifetime. That is going to be a huge driver of wealth for them compared to someone who just rents, right? Rent hundred percent loss of the, of the money. You're buying Beth's two homes that she's not living in. Thank you, renters. Perfect. You're setting Beth up for retirement. That's the point, right? But you still need your own primary residence to to build your own wealth in. So yeah, that's that is interesting if if that could be holding up prices there. 
but it does get into um thinking about like build for rentals as for single family build for rent mm -hmm. and is what percent of that is in here which to me that's kind of outside the scope of of these purchases because it's they're never yeah really it depends like on, on the where market. they're getting their, all their data from because yeah. like we I just want I have more a data. lot of experience like, on the build for rent side and we didn't mm -hmm. have to like log all of that right in the mls like it's separate it's really like yeah. it's really a commercial property like it's one commercial unit just they're not attached sort of um i would also be way. curious to know how many of those investors are just like individuals like mm -hmm. yeah. me and my husband wanting to go buy one rental house to make money and how many are big corporations you know going in and buying that because it makes a difference too because if yep. that's yeah. on your books and you need to sell off some stuff, you would sell off those houses for super cheap and take a loss, you know, for whatever reason, if you're a big corporation, an individual is going to want to keep the equity and get back what they made on it. So there's some differences too. Yeah. Like, is this just somebody who owns one rental house as a little extra income, or is this a huge entity that has gone mm -hmm. and bought these and are just selling and buying things? So I think it makes a difference. I think what's fun Absolutely. about this conversation is this kind of leads back to Beth, your story about communicating data and numbers to anyone within your organization. So here mm -hmm. we all kind of collectively agreed without talking about it. We need to define what is an investor. Yeah. Is it someone like, I'm not, I'm not sure where they pull their data from, but if it's from like property appraiser, I have no, I have no idea. So if I could be like, Andrew, you're an idiot. It doesn't work that way. Do you mm -hmm. have homestead? Do you not have homestead? Is the mailing address the same as the primary address of the home? If it's separate, usually it means you don't live there. Someone else will be living there. If it's homestead, you have to live there X amount of the, the year, X percent of the year. So just within this, we're like, well, what is an investor? Relating that back to Beth's story. Well, what is the, is a link click on Facebook comparable to, to a click on Google? Like, no, no, they're measured differently. So just understanding the metrics and the definitions is backing you up there on your story, Beth. Like super important to know because you might have these questions. Like us, we're like, well, we kind of want to look at this deeper. Like, what is an investor? Like, mm -hmm. accredited, yeah. not accredited, institutional, not institutional. But it's, I mean, this is a, yeah, two really good articles. I, the Redfin one, yeah, Redfin, I feel like Redfin really, they really have great content. Like, they put things out. It's really in-depth. And same with Business Insider. Any other takeaways from from this one? I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a good read. Yeah, it was fun to read. Got, it obviously got us thinking and asking questions, which is always the best type of article, right? Yeah, agreed. If you want more, it's like we want part two. Let's yeah, give us part two, two Redfin. We're here give for us it. Part two. I want to know what the best best uh, buffet is in Las Vegas for the Builder Show. That's I don't not do related buffets. to any of this. What you? What even in Las Viva Las Vegas? Viva? No, um, no. You, I don't you don't do like it. people like. You don't like people potentially touching things? No, it's not. I don't know what it is, but hmm. it's just not, it's not my jam. I mean, if it's the only option, I'll eat it. But I also just don't want to pay $40 to just binge it. And I will eat. Like, it's not that I won't eat because I will eat and I'll eat a lot. But like, it's not, if I want to pay $40 a plate, I want to get like a an experience. And that's not the experience I'm like looking for. China Pobano or something like that. My obsession with China Bobano is well known and I have no shame. Okay. So let's just go into our current favorites and hates. Um, so Beth, one of your favorite restaurants is China Bobano. Yes. So I look forward to that in Vegas. Try that out. It's like, I think I like hyped it up too much last year because we all went and everyone was like, it's Ooh. good, but it's just oh, makes me really happy. And it's somewhat nostalgic for me, for my college days of being able to eat tacos and Chinese food in one sitting. So don't fly after you eat this food. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, me. it's so good. It's so good. That sounds good. That sounds good. It's wow. heavenly 10 out of 10, but I can never get reservations. So like, maybe we should stop talking about it. That's true. Don't go. That's terrible. Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a hate? Um, okay. And maybe I should have kept this for story time. Okay. So I don't know, but you know how every year around the holidays, Amazon's two-day shipping isn't two-day shipping because there's mm -hmm. like an influx of like people ordering. 10 days before, yeah. Yeah. So around the holidays, that happened where the two-day shipping stopped. And I was like, all right, well, it'll it'll come back. Okay. It never came back. 
for us. They just kept it away. And Mike and I were like, have you noticed that there's no longer two day shipping available here? Yeah. And you're still paying prime. I'm still paying paying prime. prime. I know it's, but it's prime free shipping. Like they pulled a fast one on us and I cannot tell you Hmm. how much of an inconvenience this is for my life. I think well, yeah. Andrew can get one day shipping probably yeah, where you day. are. Like, can't you? Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um, like we well, right now, Maryland too. I could almost get stuff five to 10 PM or four to 8 AM the next day. Yeah. Mostly everything we want. Um, Unsubscribe. Yeah, we're spoiled. Like that would be like, where you really, that's like relocation. That should be like Amazon prime same day. Next day should be like a feature. On the, yeah. on the website, that's, that's a big deal. We've lived a lot of places around the country and my biggest, my two biggest things, it's not even pertaining to like shopping really, like mm-hmm. the availability of certain stores and access to certain stores that I'm used to having. It is proximity to a major airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Amazon Prime. Yeah, the airport's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's my rant. Thank you for attending. Thank you for attending. That's... That's terrible. You're like back 10 years, like as far as e-com goes. Yeah. That's awful. I have to go to a store. What if they're out of stock? What if you can't find it? What if they have two options? It's unpredictable. There's no reviews. How do you make Mm -hmm. a choice? How do you do it? Wild, wild west. Um, I'll go. Current favorites. I don't know if I have a hate. I'm not a very hateful person. Actually, I could be, I could be, uh, I could be critical. Um, We're watching Yellowstone. Finally. Welcome to 2020. I don't even know. We're watching that. It's good. You know, it's developers versus dirt dogs, people that got the land ranch versus Native Americans. So it's very interesting. Everyone's fighting for land. And it's but it's also a soap opera. Like there's violence and like terribleness. But I'm like, this is just so dramatic. So I, I actually love it and I hate it at the same time. I'm like, can they get over themselves? And was it Kevin Costner's the main character? He talks like he talks like Batman sometimes. Like you're like why are you talking like Batman? Like, he's like, do you want a cookie, Tate? There's donuts in the kitchen. Like, you don't sound like that. Like, this is really strange. Um, so that's a, that's a favorite and hate. And then I'll, I'll stick with food, too. Favorite cereal, right? Because I have a Galaxy Light in my room. I'm a child. I'm 35 <laughs> years old, so what's your favorite cereal? Um, I have this after I work out. Here you go. Um, you have to go to Walmart. Sorry, you got to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Get the big bag. Yes, the bag, not a box. Get a bag of the s'mores cereal, marshmallows, cocoa puffs, golden grams. Take that, and you put chocolate protein shake in it. You're good to go. I mean, what's better than that? You get your protein. You get your cereal. You get your high fructose corn syrup, chemicals. It's not for the crunchy people out there, but it's good. There's my favorite. I've been eating like that regular plain Cheerios. Okay. Okay. Carla would Rye. not approve of your cereal, Andrew. She would not approve of my cereal. I would not approve of her whatever she's making. I would be like, <laughs> I'm not here. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So let's have a good time. So let's let's go. So the sad Cheerios, not even like honey nut. Um anything. sometimes I'll mix them with the like oat medley one. <laughs> wow. Risky. And I eat them dry. Oh, what the heck? You're like a baby learning to pick things up and like get a... like the fine motor skills. I'm like a hamster. Yeah, hamster. This is therapy time for you. Oh my goodness. Okay. Poor Beth. Poor Beth. <laughs> you do have like little little hands. So maybe you need to Oh goodness. Um, Julie. You have a yeah, um, fun mardi gras throws because we just finished mardi gras this fat tuesday on tuesday and so like different parades have different signature throws so we went to my son's in the high school band so we went to watch him and um one of the parades tucks they throw out decorated plungers and toilet brushes <laughs> like people actually decorate them wrap them in plastic and okay. from the th- so normally it's like cuffs and beads and stuffed animals and just junk you know mm-hmm. um that they throw out a ton of but it's a big deal if you get one of the special throws like one um one parade it's like decorated shoe like high heel shoes little glitter and everything so Man. we got a plunger 
and a toilet brush. <laughs> is it hanging on the wall? Exotic. Can you put it on your office wall? Um, you? It's I not. Awesome. I, I think each son ended up taking one. So, oh. but it's very fun. And it's crazy because there's all these people begging for toilet brushes. That's like a, it sounds like a whole thing unless you live in, I don't know if it's all of Louisiana or just like New Orleans, but like that seems like a, like all of greater New Orleans, I don't know what the word would be, but yeah. that seems like a very like, that's your culture now for, for parades and Mardi Gras, like, and no one else would get it. Nobody like, else would get it. There's Florida things. No, we've said like if aliens thing. came down and saw these people like looking up and begging for just junk, um, but it's lots of fun. It looks like lots <laughs> of fun. There's what's the guy on TikTok, John Weatherall. He has all the content and he just films all the parades and he, to me, I'm like, this looks like the most amazing time. And there's just like people going down the street, but like the hype and energy and like excitement for it. I'm like, this, this is better than Main Street USA uh, at, at Disney World. And like, you might yeah, get hit in the head with a plunger. You might get hit with a plunger. Oh, you might. And it hurts <laughs> when they hit you in the face with things. It hurts. Oh, yeah. But And we had, I had my in-laws from Kentucky here with us oh, and they didn't know what to think. They're, like, <laughs> they're probably like, this is the fourth parade we're going to. What's wrong with you people? Like, yeah. What's, what's yeah. going on? Oh, and she was getting that stuff for my son. Like she, oh, nice. she'd get in there. Grandma would fight for it. <laughs> get out there, Grandma. Get out there. Grandma. That is why I don't go to buffets. <laughs> you don't want to have to fight. fight, fight yeah, crab legs. I'm not trying to That's shove fun. someone out of the way for a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> I want it to be brought to my table for me. Yes. Come on now. Um, any other hate? Do you have, no, that's not hate. That was that was a favorite. No, that, was was a, that was a good thing. Good. <laughs> no hate. No hates this week. Well, you know what's fun is I'll read this outro. I don't even think we use it because I think it's pre-recorded, but I'm going to say it anyways because it it's so much fun. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of DYC's all-access community app for home builders and developers. Watch behind-the-scenes videos from the podcast, frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the DYC team, access to private hangouts, and more. See y'all. See ya. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof. <laughs>